Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 117. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me for the first time in 2021 is Scott. Hello, everyone. Huge show to start off 2021. Hopefully, this is a much more exciting year for the Essendon Football Club. I won't even say the previous year's name. <laughs> no, uh, but hopefully we're out of the bubble environment. We're, uh, we've got guys doing full training, some contact training. Uh, me and Grant uh, actually went to training today. Uh, this is yep. We're doing uh, the show on Saturday. Uh, so yep. we went this morning uh, to see the guys train. So in the just after the Ben interview, we'll give you just some small feedback of what we saw anyway. So, yeah, our expert eye was um, was cast over the players, and it's to the time of year the the sun shining, the ground looking uh, looks spectacular. Everybody is uh, flying along, uh, but we'll give you a uh, we'll give you a bit of an insight onto who we who we saw, who we thought was um, uh, performing pretty well. But this this episode tonight, Scotty, is all about uh, the Essendon head coach Ben Rutten. Um, if anybody from the club's listening, a massive thank you uh, for giving us access to Ben, uh, Scotty. Who won't tell you this, but uh, Scotty worked incredibly hard with the with the club to be able to get access to the head coach of the football club. Now we've had a few guests on this club on this podcast, which we're eternally grateful for. Uh, my my uh, childhood. Um, favorite player in Simon Madden. I will never forget that episode. Um, we've spoken to six six members of the two thousand um, Premiership team. Um, we've spoken to the CEO himself. We've spoken to board members. We've spoken to a whole heap of people. But I guess in the context of the of the season that's upcoming and um, the importance of a head coach taking over his own his own club and his own team and the way of working at the moment for for Ben uh, to give us Ben Rutten to give us 20 minutes has been incredible and a massive thank you to the club for doing it as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Ben was really, really gracious with his time. It was. Can we call him Ben? Yes. As we've spoken to him, can we call him Ben now? <laughs> yes. uh, we, we didn't go with truck. Uh, we thought we'd probably just, just stick with Ben, but we didn't go with <laughs> Well, we, we can call him Ben. If you've spoken to the man one-on-one, you can call him Ben. Exactly. So, yeah, Ben was really gracious. Uh, the actual interview went for about 28, 29 minutes. So, uh, we, it went. We, we might have pinched a We might have pinched extras. a few more minutes. <laughs> but look, he was really happy to give up uh, his time for us and. You know, so hopefully uh, you enjoy the interview. We won't, we're not going to go too much uh, longer with the introduction. We know you want to hear from Ben. We would if there was a game to review or an after <laughs> after game reaction show to be able to say something. But still, everybody's running around at at, um, at Tullamarine like they're a kid because it's preseason and they're up and about. There's there's uh, if there was a game on, we'd be uh, doing a longer podcast. But we know you want to get into the Ben interview, so um, we'll, we'll get straight to it. Yeah, look, and just to give you some context, everyone, the interview actually was midweek, so it was it was actually twenty four hours prior. to to the leadership uh, announcement. So yeah. if you're wondering why there's some questions not asked uh, around that, that's just to give you a heads up. Uh, so we did the show Wednesday. So uh, just to get, yeah, just to give you everyone a heads up, that's why there's a, uh, there's some announcements after, uh, even with the two new guys, um, I think Waterman and, and Baker also going to be joining sides too. That was uh, that was information given after. So, just to give you one some context, uh, why some questions weren't asked. But we wanted to get straight into talking 2021. Yeah, that and we only had we had a finite amount of time with him. We could have asked a million questions. We had more questions, trust yeah. me. But we had to be respectful because we didn't want it to, you know, abuse our time. So, and also Ben gave us some really honest and and 
and long and detailed answers, which were great. Uh, we'd, we, um, in, in a situation where you're interviewing somebody like that, you never know what you're going to get, whether or not you're going to get little short, sharp answers where we get through all of the questions that we had that we wanted to talk about. But um, in this particular one, he was more than happy to, to go into detail about his answers. And I think that, that cheered up a bit of extra time. But trust me, we could have spoken to him for an hour and a half easily. Yeah, there was plenty of questions that even afterwards I went, oh, I wish I asked him this, wish I asked him this. So <laughs> like, it, you're probably going to think the same at the end of it, but we all probably thought the same as well. But you only got a certain amount of time. But really gracious, thank you again. You know at the club, who, you know who you are. Uh, sincere thanks for helping coordinate this. It's Absolutely. very much appreciated. We'll go straight to the interview. Here is Ben Rutten uh, after the music. Joining the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast right now is the Essendon Football Club's head coach, uh, Mr. Ben Rutten. G'day, Ben. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, g'day, Grant. G'day, Scott. Uh, hope you guys both well. Yes, mate. Absolutely. Uh, all the better for talking to you. Uh, I know this is going to be a massive... Um, a massive uh, podcast for us personally, um, but also to the listeners have been, uh, we've been putting that out on the, on the socials uh, that you're going to be joining us today. So um, we know everybody is wildly excited to, uh, to talk to you and to get a bit of an insight. We've got some good questions for you. We hope um, we've got some questions that uh, some of our, uh, our listeners have sent through to us. Um, so if you don't mind, mate, we're, we're going to jump straight into it, maximize our time with you. Yeah, no problem. All righty. So I guess the first question, we've got one of our listeners, um, Aiden. That's A-Y-D-I-N. Cool name. I like that. Um, one of the listeners, Aiden, um, has asked, um, since the start of the podcast, we've been consistently talking up Kyle Langford's game. Um, now, Kyle's been great. He's He was in and out of the team for a while there, but I think last year um, he's shown some significant improvement. Um, can you show us, can you tell us a bit about Kyle um, and his growth um, within the footy club, and what what growth you see for Kyle moving forward, um, and potentially where do you see him playing um, next year for the Dons? This year, yeah, this look, year it's great, it's a, yeah look, it's a great question, and, and we were we were really pleased with Kyle's development last year, and you know he really, um, you know, it was probably this time last year or even before, and he was probably reflecting on his what is it now twenty nineteen season and. Um, I don't think he was really satisfied with where he sat in the footy club and, and where his footy was heading. And it was really, you know, a lot of the work that he did really was was a bit of reflecting on, on where he was at and where he actually wanted to get to as a footballer. Um, and, he, and he put in some an enormous, amount of, an enormous amount of work through the off-season and presenting himself in, in great physical condition to be able to um, attack the season. And I think the biggest difference in, in Cole's game last year is Probably his acceptance to playing multiple roles, and I think that's that's where his strength is for us as a play club. And you know, we've seen we saw him through the midfield on the wing, and also he's a really one of the select opposition teams up in our forward line. So I think getting his head around, you know, not being pinned down to one position, and actually being more open to and accepting to playing multiple positions was a key ingredient to his his success last year. And yeah, you know, we were we were really thrilled with. Um, you know how he performed for us last year, and you know if, if the way he's presenting himself this preseason is an invitation, 
um, through season this year. I think we should be really hopeful that he can take another step forward for us because he's really leading the way with his uh, with his running, with his um, with his training, but also his leadership stuff has really gone to a new level, and we saw that with a few of our guys last year. Excellent, and, and I think one of the, the the keys that I saw from from Cole is that he's he's capable to slide forward and kick a goal um, every now and then for us, which is which is worth its weight in gold. So I mean, that's that's really encouraging to hear um, because we we love him at the podcast. Sort of, we love everybody, but we love him more specifically because he's he's done the hard yards, and I reckon he he absolutely deserves um, the success that he gets moving forward. Just a just a quick follow up on that question in the in the same kind of uh, vein as Kyle. Um, where do you see um, Jaden Laverde playing next year? He's he again. The guy's he's huge, tall, athletic. I don't think we've seen the best of his football yet. Where do you see him playing next year? Yeah, I think you're certainly right there. I think mean, we, we we can see some uh, real upside in Jaden, and um, I think last year he was yeah you know, throughout his career he hasn't really had a had a really good consistent run at it through injury. So I think last year was his best preseason, um, and he came in and he was playing some really a really solid game for us up in the forward line, um, and I think he's more than capable of doing that. And and part of you know what we're trying to create at the, at the club is making sure our guys have got some versatility in their game. So he'll spend a little bit of time um, training with our defenders as well this preseason, just to be able to give him a different perspective. And yep. um, you know we think he's got some really strong physical capability to be able to play both forward and back. So um, I think that might be something that he that he really enjoys and. Yeah, we're doing it a little bit with James Stewart at the moment as well, um, yeah. and I think he's you know he's trained a lot uh, throughout his career as a forward, and I think sometimes to be able to break the cycle there, um, spend a bit of time playing in defence can sometimes give you a different perspective um, as a forward. Um, but I also think he's got some great traits to be able to um, hold down a key defensive post for us as well, should we need it. And, and we saw a bit of that last year in the in the Port game and in our, in our last couple of games. Um, at the back end of the year, and I thought he held himself um, pretty well with with not much training, not much education about the role. So I'm um, hoping to see those guys be really consistent performers for us next year. Now, Ben, it's Scott here, mate. Um, I uh, Just so you know, I actually have gone down to about four or five times to watch the guys train uh, behind the fence, uh, which is totally understandable in the climate. Um, but I, I'm always keen to see, you know, how they're going along. Look, I must admit, people were asking me on the show about, you know, how do you see the vibe? And, and I did a show probably around just before Christmas. And I noted on the show that the 24 and under age group seem as tight as I've ever seen uh, an age group, probably since a, a 93 kind of premiership, but where the guys seem to really enjoy each other's company and it's very genuine and, and sincere. And you've got the McGrath, Ridley, the Langfords being obvious leaders from what I saw with my own eyes. Um, and that's kind of the feedback I gave. Can you tell about how special this group is coming through with guys like Draper? And you've obviously got the new recruits as well, but there seems to be a genuine tight bond with that group coming through. Yeah, it's an observation, Scott. And I'm glad you were, you were able to, well, you picked that up because it's certainly noticeable from, you know, from us inside the four walls, but, um, and I think that that was one of the certainly one of the positives to um, the hub experience and spending so much time in in a confined space throughout the season last year is that um, you know that group of players are you know those the under twenty four that you mentioned that they got some spent some real quality time together and and they are just almost like brothers now and 
you know, that, that little time pre-Christmas where they had their run of the place for themselves and they were really able to drive the standard of training was fantastic. And, and we got some, we had, um, you know, Parrish McGrath, uh, Langford, Aaron Francis as, as senior guys that basically did all the training pre-Christmas when they didn't, they weren't expected to. Um, so have those guys kind of showing the way and, and, and leading that young group. Yeah, it was a it was an enormous advantage for us. So I was really pleased with the way that, that they all turned up. But I think you're right, that that um kind of vibe or that brotherhood or that the cohesion that, that group are starting to form. And the group's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, uh, as you would have seen as a we've got a really exciting group, um, young group of players and, and I think that's something our that our members and supporters should be um really excited about because I think certainly watching them train, you can see them growing right in front of your eyes. And I think that's what we'll see um, throughout the next few seasons is that we'll see these guys come in as, you know, first-game players, first-year players, and actually um, they're such sponges. They ask good questions. They want to learn. They want to be good. And I think we'll be able to, you know, see them grow in front of our eyes. And, and you know, it's my job as a coach and, and our job as a footy club to create a, you know, a really, really good environment for them to be able to thrive and, and be themselves and express themselves. Yep. Um, and who knows what they're going to achieve? I'm really, I'm really keen to not put any feelings on on their development and their growth because I think, as you saw, once you get a bit of momentum in that area and you get a good group of guys coming through together, um, you know, I think it's it's, it's something that's, that we're really excited about. And I know that some of our older guys, you know, they've come back in really good shape as well with Heppel and, and Hooker and Hurley. They actually feed off that energy as well, and they love to see these these young guys coming through, and it, it gives them a, a new lease on life sometimes as well. So, um, no, it's a, it was a good observation. I'm glad you you picked that up because it's certainly been been evident from our point of view as well. Yeah, it it, it was it was really evident. I mean, I, I remember one drill where there was kind of like you put it in, uh, you put the guys into two teams coming out of the goal square, and it was kind of like a a marking or, or win the ball kind of contest. And the, the actual energy of the group uh, was like, I was I think I even just mentioned on the show, I said, look, they did this drill and the energy of the group, uh, and poor Jim Syracuse, who was the uh, awarded umpire of the day, copped a slacking if, uh, if they thought it was a free <laughs> kick. But uh, it, was, it, it, was, uh, it was just generally, like, I was just smiling, just watching it and going, you know, the, you know from all the, I guess, noise coming from the outside, if people could see this energy, you know, you'd... It would be a you'd be a bit of an optimist um, going that there's a really um, special group coming through. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we're certainly trying to as much as we do a lot of hard work, and it's you know we, we understand our responsibility as, as AFL footballers. It's got to be it's got to be a fun environment because we spend so much time together, and, and that fun um, spirited competitiveness um, is certainly what we're trying to build and, and you know to be honest the coaches don't have to do too much of that the, the players are the one driving it which is exactly the way you want it to be Brilliant now this is sort of a broad question um, but pre-season as a whole how's it been going I guess one of the major restrictions um, Scotty was pointing out is the, the restrictions on how many people can train together and all that sort of stuff um, how have you as a coaching staff how have you how have you sort of been able to manage that process and still um, get your message across to the whole team yeah it's a good question I and mean, that was one of the things that last year um, one of the really um, significant changes or things that I think most clubs would have wrestled with and, and found it really difficult to manage was the, the restrictions on training um, and last year we were we weren't able to do any full team contact sessions 
um, and we weren't in our own environment. So that, that was certainly something that, that you know, we found difficult to, to manage at times. Um, but this year, since we've been back, it's been fantastic to be back at, to back at our home base. Um, we've got all the facilities and equipment we need, and the restrictions have been less. We're able to have, um, spend more time training, full contact, full drills, um, out of our main session. So there's been uh, far less restrictions there, which we've noticed is a massive benefit for us, and we're really, re- really enjoying that um, time together. There's a few more restrictions indoors, you know, in terms of uh, smaller groups and, and guys having to make sure we're distancing and, and we don't get too many people in a, in a room. But it's sort of challenging us as coaches to, to educate a bit differently and get a bit more creative with the way we're trying to um, run meetings and, and talk to our group. But um, I don't think there's a huge cost um, with that at the moment. I think we're managing it pretty well. And I mean, that's the big advantage we've got at the footy club is that, you know, we've got an enormous, you know, fantastic facility and, you know, we're just coming to the end of a, end of a, another big extension to our facility, which is going to be fantastic. And I'll certainly encourage our supporters and members to get down there when they can and, and actually see what we've done there because it's, you know, it's just you know, fantastic. It's a world-class facility and, and that gives us great scope um, within our four walls to be able to, you know, run the meetings, educate, train the guys in the gym. Um, you know, they've got everything they need. So we're, we're really enjoying being back at the hangar and uh, getting some work in. But certainly in, in, in comparison to last year, the restrictions due to COVID have been far less. Um, and it's certainly made life a, um, a lot easier for us and being more, more effective for us. Uh, no, that's, that's actually really good to hear. Uh, look, um, I just wanted to get your view on some players. Uh, look, one thing we wanted to do with talking to you, we kind of, when we discussed, you know, talking to yourself, we, we kind of didn't really want to go over sort of last year. And there's obvious talk about the players that left and, and we all know those players, but it also included, you know, guys like Bell Chambers and and, and even uh, Mozzie having his, uh, his really unfortunate injury uh, what that does, though, is obviously you, in your eyes, it's probably got five or six spots available, and you know, and and as you know, I was watching training, and and you guys, are, you know, people always ask me, like, oh, who do you think is going to fill these holes? And I go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> ask, the, ask the coach. So now I can. So, um, but uh, but look, you know, there's obvious ones. When I'm watching training, I go, I see a Nick Hind of half back pl- looking really good. I see a Harrison Jones. At half forward, looking really good. I see a Ned Cahill putting in a lot of big yards, um, for my observation anyway. Uh, uh, do you, can you just talk about some of those players and, and just the opportunity that, that, that these guys have got to, to sort of step up after being in the system at one to three years? Yeah. Look, it, it certainly is that. I mean, it's always disappointing to lose, you know, you new players out of your team, but part of AFL footy and part of the cycle is that it provides a great um, space for growth and new guys to be able to come through and you know if I reflect back on my own career I was a you know I didn't really get my opportunity as a player um, at Adelaide until Nigel Smart um, retired so yeah. there are sorts of opportunities and space that it provides that we lose you know we lost the champion you know multiple all Australian premiership player in Nigel Smart but it creates an opportunity for the next person to come through, and, and that's certainly been the case for us this year. Um, you're right with Nick Hind and, and Ned Carl um, are really looking you know, energetic and, and good ball users, and, and um, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Sammy Draper's just, um, you know, he's got a real presence about him, and, and I love that about Ruckman is someone who can actually lead the guys. He's got a bit of flair, he's got a bit of character, and 
Um, I think he'll be a bit of a cult figure for us at at the footy club. Um, And I think up forward, we're about to bring in um, Peter Wright, um, who's who's looking really good for us. I think he's, hopefully, I'm really confident that we'll get the best years out of Peter. Um, You know, he was starved a little bit of opportunity up there at the Gold Coast the last couple of years, and um, some of that's really through no fault of himself. So I think we'll get the best years out of him and, and also Harry Jones. Uh, as well as you know, someone who's yeah, you, know, you compare him to when we saw him last year as a, as a skinny kid straight out of school. Now he's looking like a man and starting to compete as we need key forwards to do. So, um, and Joe Caldwell as well is the other one who we were able to pick up through the trade. And he's, uh, he's really going to yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, he's going to have some depth there midfield. He's got great composure. He's he's a tough kid. Um, you know, he's one of those kids that doesn't mind getting his hands dirty and tackling hard and, and being tackled as well, which sometimes can create some really good op- uh, opportunities for our other players around him. So um, you're right, the, the opportunity that it's provided is, and, and that space that, you know, having some players uh, move on from the footy club through retirement or or trade, and certainly, um, you know, that space has been filled pretty quickly by some guys with a lot of enthusiasm um, and they're really keen to drive the, drive the footy club forward. So been really pleasing to see that. You're always wondering as a coach, you know, who's going to actually fill that space and step into it and come back hungry. And, you know, there's been a really good spread of guys who uh, who are keen to take the next step and really drive their, their own careers, but yep. also the footy club. Now, also, uh, Ben, on that subject, just keep an eye out on, on for Josh Air. He's our man. He's a lunchtime catch-up podcast yeah. man, Josh Air. <laughs> he, like he was on the show pre-draft, just to let you know. <laughs> we, we had him on the show. He's got that left boot. Looks, he's, he's, he looks like a, a, a piece of fettuccine at the moment. He's a bit skinny, <laughs> but keep an eye out for Josh. He's our man. Josh, you're gonna be you're gonna be kicking multiple goals for the Dons. We need. We haven't had a good left foot um, full forward at the Dons for a while, um, or a centre half forward for that matter. So keep an eye out for Josh. <laughs> All right. So next next question I've got, and this is this is an important one for me because. And I think a lot of fans as well. We've heard you discuss that you want the team to be more of a blue-collar team uh, moving forward, right? So can you elaborate in terms of what that means from a, a playing style of, say, I don't know, forwards, backs, mids, and that sort of stuff? So what what is the co- – and then a bit of a secondary part to that question is what do the coaches need to do on a day-to-day basis with the players at, at training to be able to implement that blue-collar definition – and what can we look forward to seeing on Saturdays um, from the Dons in a more blue-collar way? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I think what, what um, especially the off-season and, and a big focus for mine uh, during that period and what we're doing now at the club is about, um, yeah, we've got such a rich, rich history of success. You know, we're a 150-year-old footy club and, and there's so much there that I really wanted to tap into and, and actually get a deeper understanding myself as a as a coach, because I think that's, I think it's really important to, um, certainly not that we want to live in the past, but we need to understand where we've come from as a footy club and, you know, what's given us, you know, as coaches and players this opportunity to, you know, have the facility we've got, have the opportunity to wear a, wear a jumper with, with such significance and, um, and history. And we need to actually understand who we're representing when we, when we put the jumper on and, and certainly going back and doing that and, and seeing where we've come from and our inception from the McCracken family, which is which was unique back in the in the late eighteen hundreds, was about you know, <laughs> you know it was, it was a family. 
Yeah, well, it's a family owned. You know, we come out of a family. Um, whereas most of the other clubs, Collingwood and Melbourne, were, were born out of cricket clubs. But yeah, you know, we, we've come from that family. It was a working class area in Essendon, and you know, certainly built on some hard work, some um, determination, some discipline, and and sacrifice. And and I think that that's been. You know, through our really successful years at the footy club, those traits and those characteristics were really shone through um, at Essendon through those periods. And I think that's something we need to back, get back to and reconnect with. I think that's the Essendon are at its core and at its um, at its heart is a is a hard working blue collar team that um, that puts in where we want to play really reliable, dependable footy. We look after each other, uh, and I think that's what that that's not something. You don't want to shy away from it. So we want our guys to, to reconnect with that um, that kind of who we are as the Essendon Footy Club. And, and certainly this pre-season has been a great opportunity for me to do that, go back and, and, and reflect and see what's um, what's given us this opportunity and who are the significant people and players who have represented the footy club um, and then bring that to life with our players and, and use that as a basis for us to... Um, Tell the next chapter, or or write our write our own story um, in the history of the footy club over the next few years, because um, there's some significant stuff there that that we don't want to lose lose um, connection with. We actually want to build on that and, and forge our own part of history moving forward. And I think it's something that I've certainly enjoyed doing, and, and I think the players are players are really enjoying having a deeper understanding of, um, of what's tied up, whether it be from Windy Hill. Whether it be from our jumper, whether it be our um, success, successful eras, and who was who was a part of that, um, I think they're all important parts of our story as a club, and um, you know we need to have a good understanding of that yep. um, for us to be able to then use that moving forward. Look, perfect answer. <laughs> Look, actually, do you know what? The left field question um, after the draft to happen, and 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 as much talked about, we we've got some very highly skilled. 195 to 200 centimetre players that is coming through with, with Reed and Air and Brand and, and Cox. And then you've also got like a Draper and Wright. You've got a, a, a really unique uh, tools where I would say they're to AFL standard. They're not kind of the Bell Chambers frame. They're very mobile, quite skillful. Um, I, I wondered as a coaching group, did you assess the playing list after that as far as I don't know if in terms of the game plan, but as far as how this side might structure in two or three years' time, because you literally could have a 200-centimetre player on a wing defence and forward um, that, you know, that has quite a, uh, a unique identity to Essendon in, in, in a couple of years. I'm wondering what your thoughts on that might be. Yeah, look, really similar um, to yours there. I think we, um, yeah, we saw an opportunity for us um, in the draft this year to, to really draft for our future and, and there were some, some really um, high quality tall players you know and, and when I'm talking tall it's not 190 195 they're 200 centimetres as yeah. you said really athletic mobile skillful um, versatile players which is pretty unique to have so many of those guys in, in one draft uh, and you know our position in the draft meant that we could actually you know own the draft from a key position point of view um, and you know we wanted to do that because we we feel like we've got some really really strong depth in our sort of midfield now, you know half backs and half forwards. But we wanted to really draft for the future with our key position stocks and and feel like we've done that really well. I'm, I'm pleased with the way that um, you know I feel like we've we've just got a spine for the next um, ten of ten to twelve years um, in one 
in one hit there. And and I think you're right. I mean, when you're looking at the game, you're always trying to predict, you know, what what do we need for the net right now, but also where the game's going. And yep. certainly with rotation caps coming down, with uh, you know, there's there's um, more restrictions on on you know how how the game's played, and we're trying to. Yeah, I hope a lot of this is trying to open the game up and create more free flowing and and go for two hundred centimetre guy. You know, Cox, Nick Cox won our time trial. You know, and, and yeah, the that is impressive. But he's, he's over two hundred centimetres and he's probably still growing and he can run like that. Um, I, you know, looking ahead, we're kind of really seeing there those sorts of guys. As I think you're right, being really unique to our footy club, being assets that we can have that can be, you know, um, you know, you're not going to see too many of them in the AFL and. And no, I think we, no, yeah. you know, Cox and Reed, and also Brand and and Air as well. Um, I think we've certainly drafted for the next ten years for from our key position posts. Um, yes, they're a bit um, a bit skin and bones at the moment, and they need a bit of time to be able to put some bulk on. But we're really pleased with what we've what we've been able to pick up. Now, Ben, to to wrap it up, we know we, uh, we you're pretty busy at the minute, so we'll wrap it up. Just a couple of quick questions. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, we had a really tough year with injuries um, last year. Um, how's the health of the health of the group today, um, especially um, our skipper? Um, and do you envision a, a close two or full list um, in round one? Yeah, look, it's always something you, you're aspiring to get. Is you know, you love to have every single player to pick from. Um, in this day and age, it's, it's difficult to get that. But you know, in comparison to last year, I think our squad's really healthy to, uh, and ready to go. Dyson's, um, you know, starting to integrate back into full training now. He's, you know, talking to him the other day, his foot's, you know, his foot's pain-free, which it hasn't been for a long time, and he's really enthusiastic about um, getting back into it. Um, you know, Jakey Stringer had that had that um, syndesmosis that missed a lot of the year, so he's back in really good condition. Andy McGrath's the same. Um, you know, we, we missed him at the back end of the year. So certainly, uh, I think, um, to get an f- absolute full list to pick from is probably unrealistic uh, in this day and age. It's certainly what we're trying to do, but um, you know, I think we'll be um, we'll be in pretty good shape. And we played Geelong in our first first of the preseason games, and um, I think we'll see a lot of those guys out there, um, as well as some of the youth and some of the younger guys. We're certainly looking to give those guys an opportunity and see what they can do. So um, it's going to be an exciting exciting preseason time for us, I think, and. Um, Good, healthy competition down there, and I'm um, really pleased with our with our group chat um, at, at present. Oh, good. Uh, look, just a few quick observations. You can get a very quick answer to this. Uh, noticed uh, Hurley up forward. Is that something deliberate that you're that you're considering? Because um, uh, I noticed the swap of Stuart and Hurley almost in their in their roles. Is that is that something that you see ongoing? Yeah, look, I think it's probably similar to the Stewart um, when I when I spoke about James Stewart and Jaden Laverty. I mean, um, Mick Hurley's played a bit up forward in the past, and we just want to make sure he's he's the best well-rounded key position player we can have. So he's spending a bit of time to build some connection up in the forward line, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll we'll play him there for the whole season. But it's just about giving giving um, him a bit more of experience and exposure up there. Yeah, look, just one last question. So I, I, I asked this, uh, I thought about this as the last question. I, I thought about, okay, imagine sort of 2021 has completed and you're reviewing the year as a, with your assistants. I'm just wondering, can you name some several areas that you guys would hope to discuss that have come out of the year as big positives? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, um, 
I think we'd love to just, you know, what we're trying to build is a culture of, of continual improvement and guys, um, you know, continue looking to, to change and expand and grow themselves and, and get better individually. Yep. Um, but also as a, as a playing group, I think, you know, if we can build some real cohesion and chemistry as a playing group, continue to have that mentality to grow and improve and, you know, and play a real, a really fearless kind of brand of footy that, um, you know, that we can all relate to. And um, I'd love our members and supporters to be really proud of the way we play and, um, and also how we play, you know, how we turn up and, and how we play and compete. Um, we're not going to win every game, but, um, you know, I think, I think it's certainly what our playing group are wanting to, to, to put on show is build a really, really strong, uh, identifiable brand of play, uh, brand of footy that, you know, win, lose or draw, we can, we can, we're up for the fight, we can compete really hard and, um, and I don't know that that's kind of what our, what our supporters and members are wanting to see as well. They want to, they want to attach themselves to us and, and we want to bring them along for the journey as well. It's, it's important that we, that we bring them along and, and, um, and we get them, you know, it's going to be fantastic. Hopefully, we get some crowds this season, and, and we can reconnect a bit with our members and supporters. And um, you know, I'd love to love to bring them along with us. So, uh, if we can do a few of those things, I, I reckon that's going to um, put us in a really good position to win some win some games of footy. All right, mate. Well, we better let you go. I think we've pinched you for a little bit longer than we should have, but uh, it's not often that you get the head coach on a, on a dinky on our dinky little podcast. So, mate, we really appreciate you coming on um, sure. and talking to us, and also um, giving the messages and the answers that you've given through to our um, listeners. Um, all the best for the for the season. Um, please pass on our best to the to the um, to the coaches and the staff and the boys, um, and good luck for this year. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Grant. I appreciate the time uh, talking to you. Thanks very much, Ben. All the best, Ben. Have fun. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, how good was that interview, mate? That that has dead set made a good chunk of my life um, to talk to that bloke. Again, on the, the little podcast we started that is now much bigger than we ever expected, to get that guy on and, and for him to give us the, the kind of answers that we just got – it's it's incredible for the podcast, and we really hope you listeners um, that love that uh, that interview with Ben. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face to be <laughs> honest. Huge, um, yeah. it, it's just huge for us. Uh, I there's one small thing I, I really liked him discussing the education of himself and all the players that he wants them. Yeah, he's been asking them to look at club history, understand club history, understand who you're playing for. It's a, it, it might seem so small thing to others, but I, I really like um, him talking about that and the importance of understanding the club uh, and, you know, just understanding its unique start, uh, the McCrackens, I think it would call yeah. it, um, and, and just, you know, what's, th- what's made the club uh, key times where we've been successful, what's, what's made us successful. Uh, it's, it's just a great thing to, for the guys to understand our rich history uh, and to make their own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think last year one of the, the key things was is that we didn't know what Essendon was. Like, what are we? Are we a short-passing, take-control-of-the-game kind of Hawthorne 
esque hit targets and work your way down the field? Or are we a long bombing, running Pagan's paddock kind of what the hell is the Essendon Football Club? Nobody knew last year, right? So I think that has definitely come on board, probably from the um, from the president's review um, of mm. uh, of the club. And Ben um, is clearly um, talking to the players about understanding the Essendon Footy Club. There's been all of those new um, images and pictures and stuff put on the wall that you've seen from the Essendon app. Yep. Um, explaining what what it means to be Essendon, putting the names up on the walls, quotes from those players, Dustin Fletcher and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, that Joe Watson photo, is, it's, it means a lot because uh, Essendon fans understand that photo and understand the significance of what he was going through at the time and and having success through that. You know, it's... Uh, it, it's been a good initiative by the club. and um, It's great to see Ben um, uh, grabbing that. Um, bloke coming over from uh, from Adelaide through Richmond into Essendon. He's, he looks like and he sounds like, and which is really great to hear, that he's bought into Essendon in a massive way. Um, and now he's asking not only just the older boys and girls to, to come with him um, with something new, but he's asking those young kids that have come in to have a look around you. Right, have a look around you and the names and the reasons why they did what they did. So enormously happy with that interview. We really hope you guys enjoy it as well. We, um, Like you said, Scotty said, we couldn't wipe the smile off our face when the club said, yes, we can have him. And it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. So a massive thank you to the, to the club again. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough to go to training today. Yeah. Uh, both of us. So uh, we... And it was a Saturday morning session, started about quarter past eight in the morning, just to give you some context. Yeah. Uh, it was a really taxing, heavy running, heavy physical session. So Big time. It was Zero good to see. Rest. And, and the good news is the players were up for it too. Uh, so there was, um, just to give you a very brief overview, it was it was kind of a lot of match simulation style drills. But then as soon as that drill ended, then it's running around the ground, you know, doing laps after laps, doing 200 meter sprints and then straight back into match simulation. Again. But interestingly, and, and you're right, that, that kind of nonstop physical activity, like they, they do laps, they do sprints, um, they do sort of one-on-one -on -one wrestling drills to lead for marks and stuff. Yep. But tell us about what we, what we saw about where those match simulations started. Like they very yeah. rarely started in the middle of the ground with the mids, did they? Yeah, so it was an interesting setup, and um, uh, you know, you, you, one of those ones. I was even thinking when I was watching it, I'd love to ask a coach about what's the what's the tactical that thing. Could be here. the next. <laughs> that could be the next target if we <laughs> we'll get June to yeah, we'll get we'll get Jira on and ask him. Uh, so look, they, if you get to try and imagine this, they had a full you know list of players to choose from, and they had the blue tops versus red top kind of situation. Um, and they would, you know, Truck would have the ball. He would kick it to sort of half back to deep pocket. Yeah, I was going to say in between, in between half and, and deep pocket and, and half back. Yeah. And then the play would start from there. And Truck was almost oddly more interested to know how we were set up defensively. Uh, so the, the one team would try and sort of get through the walls, work out how they can move the ball efficiently, but Truck had a real emphasis on the team that was doing the defensive structures. Uh, so there was, and there was no real, you know, being honest, there's no real forward setup. Were, no, the, the, every every player was in the back half of the ground. Like the yeah. the forwards were no deeper than the center of the ground. It was real high pressure, mm. forcing the the team pinpoint kicks to kick sideways, pinpoint. Yep, uh, makes make sure their kicks are non penetrating. 
Uh, and if, you know, if there was a turnover, it was kind of celebrated. There was a turnover and it was like a big win. But, you know, Truck was very vocal. I, I won't say who the player was, but... He's got a loud voice. But he certainly let one player know that he wasn't set up right. Yeah. Um, and and that's, all, that's all good to see. And um, But the, the, you know, for all intents and purposes, the players were up for it too. They were, they were really boisterous. Um, they had a good high energy. Um, they they knew they were in a training session though. Yeah, like some of the some of the boys like you get like you said nobody shirked responsibilities. There was even like it's the first time I've been down there to see Herdy's kids live. Yeah, they're they're young, right? They're they're young, they're kids. But even Herdy's kids were throwing tackles around like nobody's business. Yeah. Everybody was tackling hard, and nobody was shirking any responsibility when the ball came near them to to really go after the ball. But geez, that you could when the when the when the session had finished, they had a big clock. Um, up on the second story of the yep. little admin section there that ran for the period of time they were going to do that exercise. When they'd finish, a lot of boys were breathing hard. <laughs> uh, a, and it, it was good to see. And I appreciate that every every club would be the same. All the boys would be breathing hard and coming into the new season and they work them hard because they're professional athletes. But um, it's really good to see truck Truck's energy with the players from when the moment we arrived till the moment we left was high. Everything, high. the energy was high. Um, we had the um, the good fortune of being on the um, side of the ground where Dev Smith was running a few um, hundred meter, hundred fifty meter sprints, yep. um, and he was he was sweating up a, a storm running those. And the the coaches yelled out a, a last one fifty for him, and he was in front of us. And me and uh, a bloke I met down there, one of our listeners, Soft Kumi, g'day Soft. Um, <laughs> just said, can't Dev, one more in you, mate. And he's he's given us a bit of a chuckle. Uh, came back towards us. Uh, apparently there was one more than one uh, left in him. Uh, but he's come out, he gave us a bit of a chuckle, said, you got me through that one, boys. Well done. So the, the good attitude you could tell from the club and the players. Yeah, look, I really liked one drill that I saw. Um, there was just a drill where it was basically um, uh, you would – a guy – Sorry, there was about 10 on 10, say, and, and it was a one-on-one -on -one drill. So that you would have... Uh, Which part for of the instance, like a Like, a, say, a Harrison Jones and Francis. And it was like the, the ball would be kicked towards you. Which part of the ground? Where were you talking? Oh, this is just a general drill. Okay, it wasn't, cool. Yeah, so, and it was like, who can win the ball? So, obviously, Harrison Jones is the guy who's trying to get separation from, yeah, from Francis. A little one-on-one -on -one tussle. But... The it was really willing. Like yeah, there was a, there was a few the, boys standing up if they got beat and giving the other one a bit of a shove in the chest. Yeah, there was some wrestling going on. Yeah. There was some pushing around. Uh, you know, Hooksy had um, Peter Wright, and he would not let no, him. No, he Hooksy was Hooksy was just and Peter Wright got him a, a got something. him once, and yeah. then and then Hooksy's right. You know, almost giving the uh, almost like a fish to the chest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's not happening again. No, no, no. But it was you know that kind of competitive nature. They would kind of slap each other on the butts after the drill, so they all know it. But yeah. in the drill, it is you know everyone's up for spots, uh, especially it, it this highly year, uh, highly competitive. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was it was really good to see. You know, I know people going to ask you know name me some players. It was very hard. One to actually say who's like a standout. Sammy Draper is probably the first name that comes when to mind. he gets let loose on the with those half ground defense to offense drills. Yeah. Um, when he was playing sort of at a wing because that's as far as all the players were, he was in a lot of. Excuse me, one second. <coughs> ah, that's professional. Um, 
he was in a hell of a lot of traffic and there was three or four blokes up with him and they were punching and that sort of stuff. But when they moved him down into what would be regarded as as the back line, he just... He caused headaches. He caused headaches left and right, man. He ran in front of packs, um, jumped in front of them and took marks and uh, and just generally looked as dominant as he did um, before he got injured pretty much. Um, he's going to be massive. I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Bear Hurley. Yeah, he's from everything we've seen and reports and that sort of stuff. He's running out of a forward line this year. Yeah, right? he had a bit of a presence today, actually. and he had a bit of a presence. Now, I'm, I'm not sure that he's going to win the Golden Gloves Award, um, Hurls anymore. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to do that, but it would appear that Hurls is going to be running out of the forward line, and yeah. that's not bad, man. That's I don't mind it at all. He he, when he was leading and he was running, he's still a massive unit, and he's going to cause people troubles. Um, you're going to have to put one of your better defenders on him yeah. and it's going to allow the likes of Harry Jones and 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 two metre Pete um, to get maybe the second defender or the third defender. So I, I wanted to call out Bear because I liked what I saw when he was running out of there. Yeah, that was very interesting. I mean, you had uh, – and I've gone just uh, – I've gone to probably about five or six uh, – probably about six or seven actually training sessions now. And for the last four, Ned Cahill's played in the back line. So yeah. it, it's, it's very interesting what they're doing – um, and, and, you know, they obviously need a bit of a back pocket guy with McKenna and Saad. So I understand the need for it, and they're mm. looking around like who, who's available, who's really competitive. I, I, I like but, him in a forward pocket, though. Yeah, I, so I like the boy in a forward pocket. They are trying things. Um, uh, I reckon um, Jai Coldwell is one to really watch. Uh, I watched him inside traffic. He's really good inside traffic, and he's a guy that seems to make really good decisions. He thinks through the game really well. Yeah. So, uh, which is really valuable. I mean, uh, we've been crying for a midfielder to have, I don't know if the word's class, but just have uh, a bit, you know, have that presence of having time and, and, and the ability to sum up plays. So he looks, when, when I watched him, uh, thank you soft for your, um, uh, your binoculars. Um, I, I watched him sort of move around a few packs and, like he didn't sweep through magically, pick up the ball, not get touched and then turn and kick it. But he was hunting the ball. Like you could see he was very smooth the He's way he moves. Smooth, yeah. yeah, very smooth the way he moves. When he got the ball, he was the reaction time, um, in my humble opinion, um, his reaction time was very quick. That's why I think people can see him as potentially like an in, in and under kind of mid to get the ball because he gets the ball, his head pops up real quick. His head pops up real quick and he assesses and makes a decision really quickly. Mm. So I guess I, I liked him in the midfield. Um, Pidge McGrath. Pidge McGrath. Man, he, he looked real good. Like Pidge McGrath looked really good. Yeah. He's um, – a lot of people last year I remember saying, oh, Taranto's probably a better player over McGrath. No. No way. Pidge McGrath now is going to be – he's going to take a next step, I reckon, this year. So he, he was looking real good. And, and – you know, I've actually went on to two sessions this week and both sessions I probably had Francis in my top five as well. So I thought his reading of the play was was really good. He was getting back to what I think he can do. Uh, uh, and, you know, he's aerial and he's and he was very, um, you know, he's he was quite physical. Um, he seemed up and about. So yeah. that's, that's, that's actually promising um, as well. So, look, it, it was a really good session. Um, there was guys who didn't train, um, Zerk Thatcher and, yeah. and Stringer and Saka, Zaka, Ridley, uh, Perkins didn't. Uh, so had we did see Cox and Reed. Um, look, they're obviously coming along pretty well. Cox is 
a very, very dangerous wing. They've been playing wing pretty much since the start. So that outlet pass, some of the from yeah. from the back line that that. Uh, drill that we were talking about just before where the ball started in the back line and they got to work their way out. If they get that first initial kick out from deep in the back line, the outlet pass across the ground to Cox was a go-to big time. Mind you, he did have um, <laughs> he did have Braden Ham on him, which basically he would use. Well, that, it's the funny part though, isn't it? Because even though we say, yeah, he did have Braden Ham on him, but there's no 200 centimeter wingman. You know, no, it's, it's just, I, I, that's the reality is like, exactly right. It's, it's most guys are going to play on the wing are going to be 190 or, or less. Yep. He, he just had the aerial ability to be the, to be the get out clause almost. And he uh, does genuinely have a left and a right boot, doesn't he? Yeah. So he, he's, he's an interesting talent to watch. Yep. So look, uh, I was really happy with today's session. I loved the energy. Um, as Truck mentioned in the interview, the the twenty four and unders, um, I've got a, a real spark about them, and it's exciting to see. and And I think with when we're talking about McGraw and Langford and um, just their leadership of that group, um, I mean Langford's just as fit as I've ever seen him. He he looks as he looks he looks like I, he's going to go to another level. Today. He looks manly as hell. He's got real significant muscles now, and like forearms that are big. I yeah, I, I've I've always said that Ned Cahill Nerdlender um, is my Smokey for next year. I reckon Langers is right up there as well. Langers is going to take next step, kind of Pidge McGrath type next step, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he does look really really good. Yeah. So, uh, look, it's um, it's exciting to see. You do sense, even though there's guys who aren't training, you do see them sort of on the other oval, just doing some jogs and um, and movements. And you, you, you kind of feel like it's more that cautious, you know, they might have a slight niggle or something. You, there, there doesn't feel like there's many players that have anything serious. Like no, gonna, Hepps, was, Hepps was running around. Well, they, yeah, we should talk about yeah. Hepps because he he did the whole two-and-a-half-hour session. Yeah. Um, and that's all mat, match simulation. And he was moving really well. Like, off half-back. Yeah, off half-back. So yeah. uh, he was moving really well. Um, I saw him do a really good sprint. I was just wanting to see what his pace was like because at the start of his career, I mean, he's never been a fast guy, but he was at least had some toe. And, and for the last three years, it's kind of left him a bit, but he seemed to have a bit more speed than I remember. So um, he would, you would have to view today's session with Heppel as nothing but very, very positive about his comeback and where he's at. Yep. So for him to do a full no modified full training session. That's huge. I mean, and you would have to see what that means to see how grueling sort of today was to understand the significance of, of how far he's come. And he's got eight weeks to go. So it's timing yeah. perfectly, man. If he's running around doing two to three hours worth of hard work, serious hard work, mm. um, I mean, he's always looked fit his entire life, but to see him run around and not get halfway through it and have to wander into the bloody change rooms or something is great. And now he's got eight weeks to build up that base of, um, of fitness and get himself back into it for round one. Yeah. And we like, we just so much missed him. We, we, every time we went in the bubble last year, the number one thing we were talking about was almost like the lack of leadership. Uh, he is so important to be on the field talking to guys because he's, you know, you even watch training, you just sit him. He's seeing the guys who are not set up right. He's talking to guys. He's, he's the energy around the group saying, hey, guys, we need this, we need that. 
And that's that's what you need from a captain. So you need that on the field in game day. So he's really important for us to have stability amongst the group about where they should be, how they should set up. Vet- everybody knows veteran leadership is wildly important, right? And he's universally um, respected by the players at the club. He's a nice bloke. So to have him back on the field, especially doing that um, – Luke Hodge kind of Brendan Goddard roll off halfback. I think that's a really great idea. There's no reason why he can't slide through the mids again. Um, but having him around halfback, especially too where, because halfback has um, been shaken up without Sadi and um, and the Spud. So yep. to have him down there for a bit of, bit of veteran leadership, him and um, Simon Hines, who will absolutely be playing off Nick, halfback. Nick Hines? That would be Simon Hines. Where's Simon Hines? I think I worked with him. Wow. Um, <laughs> Nick Hines. Um <laughs> Does it still count? Do I have to put money in the jar? Yes. No, really? Yes. I thought it was just a draper. Anyway, um, yeah, having him down the back will, will be all the better for it. He's got a bit of size about him as well too. So him and uh, and uh, Nick Hines uh, down the back will be very handy. What did you, just question without notice, what did you think of the leadership group with Merritt, McGrath, uh, Heppel and Hurley, just four? Makes sense. I think it made sense. Too. Yeah, I like I like a smaller leadership group. So I mean, I, I mean, we asked for it on the podcast, remember? We yeah. Said, well, I think we said you know just have a captain, vice deputy, but four is fine. That's you know? fine, and you've got that you've got that real old leadership there with hurls. Uh, sorry, hurls make you make you sound like you're a an eighteen hundreds prospect. And, and I think we all thought underneath merit was going to be a leader because you got to keep him at the god. Well, no, let's not but let's not cast aspersions, but he yeah. has shown growth in the training sessions I have and. Uh, to give you an example, there was one player who had to do half an hour of 400 meter sprints in the last five minutes. It was he was really struggling. He was pushing through it. Mm. I saw um, Merritt see this, run over to him, and run his last two laps with him, and just talking to him and, mm. and ca- encouraging him. And that was the best sign I've seen of Zach Merritt yet. Uh, so that's uh, so that was a positive. Um, so uh, and Zach Merritt's definitely. By the way, he's the most fittest at uh, this time of year I've seen him. He's he's I saw him do. He half has been a late starter of the last couple of okay, years yeah. with his fitness. If I'm being honest, like, yep. uh, but he's ripped and raring to go. And I, I still say my money's on him to win the Crichton. I, I firmly believe that. Okay, cool. Uh, he's the fittest I've been. I think he looks focused. Uh, he's more voice got more voice around the club uh, now that he's in the leadership group. Uh, I think that will help him uh, pick up his game. So one, one last bloke, I think, before we start, literally just <laughs> we'll be here for the entire 36 plays. Yeah. Um, Jakey Stringer. Didn't see him train today, but we did see him wandering around Sands. Um, and he did t-shirt. train. He did train Thursday. I know I know they're kind of slowly putting him sort of in, in little grabs. Yeah. So he did train Thursday and But looking trim the boy. But he's looking very looking trim. Looking trim. And you look, know? just just quietly too, I'm oh, sorry, there's one more person. because uh, I always get asked about this guy, but Harrison Jones legit is looking pretty good. So um, Oh, Harrison Jones, yeah, looks I'm I'm all for it. There's your there's your centre half forward, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he's one thing is good, he's pretty good in the air, but he's actually pretty good on the ground. He's got yeah. that he's got a good combo. I mean, he did a really nice balk on a guy, didn't he? Just uh, oh yeah, the little <laughs> just a just beautiful little bit of candy with the right foot. Oh no, I'm staying on my left side. Thanks very much. Yeah. Mind you, I do want to point out though, he's good. Harrison Jones is good, but he ain't Josh Air good. <laughs> right? Like Josh, Josh, like this is going to be a running thing. Josh, mate, you 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 lit the joint up today. Every time you touch the ball, you lit the joint up. It, it the left boot. I'm calling you the next Matty Lloyd. I know it's big. I know it's probably a smidge early. <laughs> 
You do. Look I really like, do hope people understand the your listen, humor. In listen, this one. you do look like anyone long, who comes on the show. By the way, is a hero to Grant. Listen, so. you do look like a long string of fettuccine at the moment, but. You're a young kid, you're fit as all hell, you've got that beautiful left boot, and every time you touch the ball, everybody sort of went like they <gasps> there was that there was a <gasps> of expectation as he touched the ball. <laughs> everybody did it. Everybody did that. Yeah. A- no, everybody did that. I, I I heard everybody say, Oh <gasps> Josh. And no, Josh, mate, I can see it. <laughs> there's I, an error about him. There's oh ting. So you know, Harrison closely followed by uh, Josh. Well, there you go. Uh sorry for the bad jokes. Um so that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for, for everyone who supports the show, especially our Patreons. And just in case he's uh, driving to his house this afternoon and wants to know how his interview went on the podcast, a massive thank you to Mr. Ben Rutten if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, you're welcome to the show anytime. Yeah, come on. Um, come on, just uh, tell us how you're going throughout the season. That'd be great. So thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll be back soon. Back soon, man, as soon as we get some more, I don't know, some more news out of the club. Yeah, yeah. So, Otherwise, um, it's just me and you banging on. <laughs> it's, just, it's just trading reports. That's it. So, um, but it is, yeah, it is obviously the, the mid-gen period is a, is a little bit quiet. It's just strictly free season training. But Scott and I have a book club. We, so. we, uh, we review books together and, and, <laughs> into, and movies and stuff. Let us know if you want to have the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast book club review uh we'll jump on and do that but in the meantime we actually <laughs> we'll seriously once, we actually seriously thought about doing a movie review once in a, we did as actually. a fun segment like yeah. what, what movie we've seen lately and just to give it a, and a, and a 60 we, second review we we did a couple of uh podcasts way early if you want to go back to the very beginning of the podcast we did a few all sports kind of reviews and stuff didn't didn't go down well it was it was just probably stick to the Bombers boys. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. pretty obvious. I get to stick to footy a lot in my Twitter yeah. feed and I understand it when it comes to the podcast. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but uh, so that, that we shall. So we'll be back um, ASAP as soon as we can uh, manage to score another <laughs> Ben Rutten interview or Kevin Sheedy returns our calls, uh, something along <laughs> those lines. So we, uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.